Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of FAM, Friends and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast about magic and the gathering. My name is Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined by the mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh. What is up, FAM? Hello. I'm used to you having more names to say after that. I know, and I usually do, but uh, the illustrious Nicole Callahan, Lady of the Crease, as it were, uh, is both uh, on vacation and doing other wonderful things. And so we were sitting there saying, well, we need to find somebody that can that can jump onto this podcast and maybe provide the right kind of casual casual lighthearted content that we were looking for and uh looking at my notes here as i bust them out it looks like we have ah jeez everything's all over the place i have rasky the last time you and i did a podcast together we did this bit about how we pretend to have items and it was really not good that's true that was like the worst listen to one ever all right that's it i'm throwing my notes away for the rest of this spot we are joined by dreamhack dallas winner mason clark mason what is up with you? Nothing much. Just got home from work. Excited to talk to y'all and have a little bit of fun. Uh, you know, you just threw your notes away, which is a little scary. But, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out. Hey, we fly by the seat of our pants in this one, which we have discussed is strictly a comfort thing. All right. That is what we know about doing this podcast that we call Fam, Friends, and Magic. I just, it's its nice that we're having some, some guest hosts on here. We have some great discussion of different folks that are talking about all the things magic and all the things the gathering. And the, before we jump into our main topic, which is basically the reason why Mason is here, which has to do with a specific format called Modern, we always like to know how our week slash month slash all the time that we've spent playing magic has been. And Caroline, how has your week, weeks is, is, is playing magic been or not been? Okay, so originally I said I haven't been playing Magic, but I realized that we haven't recorded since I went to the set championship. So at some point I did play Magic. But spoilers, I did not play a lot of Magic. <laughs> I did play Pass, pass Round 4 because you could actually, like, even with a losing record, you could still get more money, which, spoilers, I also did not do. <laughs> um, so that was fun. I haven't actually played since the set championship for a variety of reasons. One main, if you actually do follow me on Instagram, which is not a lot of people, you will notice that I have a strange obsession with this new electric skateboard that I've purchased. So this, this Instagram account is exclusively food and really funny videos of me just riding back and forth very slowly and Sam making fun of me. So that has been my obsession in the last couple of weeks. And it's been actually super nice. Magic itself in competitive terms is actually a bit on a break anyway, other than what Mason's been up to. In general, there's not a lot of um, RCQs yet. People are still sorting its stuff out. So I'm actually, this was a good time for me to take a break and fall in love with my six-wheeled skateboard. So Yeah, which as we all know, you know, if there's anything that we know about Magic the Gathering is that it's it's really a gateway hobby to extreme sports. That's yeah. that's what we all know about the game from that spot. I I've have been gone, I've gone twice today. I went before work and during lunch. <laughs> I'm literally addicted. It's very fun. I have to say, like, that's the one thing. Here's, here's an odd spot, Mason. Have there ever been situations where you have worked with individuals or been friends with individuals and then realized that, oh, you you, you are not connected to that person in social media in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I feel this happen <laughs> a lot. You don't follow me at all? I didn't up until recently. Like, like maybe a week and a half or two weeks ago, I finally was, like, scrolling my social media feeds and just being like, I don't follow either of my co-hosts on any <laughs> social media because I don't use social media all that often. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll follow Caroline on Instagram, expecting like some like really funny stuff, maybe some magic related content, just point of view videos of skateboarding. Of just and food. There's a lot food. of food video, food photos. Mason follows me. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. So my my Twitter account recently got deleted. So I lost some friends, you know, in the in the whole process of making a new Twitter account. And so I went and made sure to refollow my close friends, knowing they'd follow me back. It looks like Caroline hasn't followed me back yet. It's okay. She's been skateboarding. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm glad I've been supporting you on Instagram. You know, it's all good. It's all right. Where I understand you've been busy. Uh, so do you remember when Musk bought Twitter? I, yeah. I, made, a, I made a tweet that he was going to buy Watsy and then unban Splinter Twin. And then uh, I made my name Elon Musk on Twitter. And then Twitter banned me permanently. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. How did you I get lost... a thousand followers? That's pretty impressive. 
I, well, I won DreamHack, and then I went on the Jerry show, and I gained oh, like 300 today. It's been a big day for me. Wait, sorry. This wasn't your exclusive podcast? <laughs> no. I almost hate to bring it up. Like, I would have been if you were following me, but it was, I was petty. I was lashing out. I didn't even know I wasn't following you. Oh, hey. This just said I got a new follower. That's so cool. Oh, wow. wow. That's so that's fantastic. This yeah. is just great. That I remember in the, there's like a separate news cycle for, for everything magic Twitter drama. And I do recall that specific brief blip in time where everyone was up in arms over the fact that a, a magic person like basically dunked on Elon and just got completely obliterated off Twitter for a while. I had that, no idea that was you. That was me. Uh, this is and it all, skateboarding I, break. I was just going, wee. You go and wee back and forth, and I was messing Twitter back and forth. Like, no, but like, it was just a joke. And they were like, well, you're banned. <laughs> Sorry, this new topic, we're ditching modern. We're actually going to talk about Twitter. We're going to talk, yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about the dynamics of social media and satire uh, in our new podcast that no longer is about Magic the Gathering. Oh my goodness. But point being of that, now that I have like finally started following other individuals on my social media accounts, I was expecting to have more Magic the Gathering show on my Twitter feed. All I've gotten is food, skateboarding, and now apparently uh, uh, just drama alerts about the next person that's going to get banned off Twitter. All, mm-hmm. all, I, all I wanted was deck lists and top eights, and I'm just not getting that anymore. Follow Mason. Oh. <laughs> Follow me, Fire Shoes, and Bamzank, the three. Perfect. (laughs) Done and done. Add to it. It's going to be fantastic. Well, speaking of which, Mason, uh, it's a topic that we have. We discuss it all the time. I'm assuming you might not have much to say, but maybe you have a little bit. How has your week slash past several weeks of Magic been? You know, my last couple of days of Magic have been pretty good. Uh, Outside that, it's been been good. You know, there's like a lot of local stuff going on that I've been getting to play, which has been fun. Um, some friends and I are doing an in-house no bandless modern tournament on Discord, which has been really fun. You, you're welcome to come play, Caroline, if you Literally want. I think you're in that Discord. Yeah, you're in the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Are you, are you playing? Did you sign up? I haven't signed up though. No. Okay, yeah, yeah. So like, twenty I've tickets. Pl- that's a lot. Twenty. Yeah, I, I commented today that I'm gonna spew. I'm playing like like a really bad deck, but it looks really fun. Uh, and so you know, I, we've just been like messing around with that sort of thing, and I've been trying to have a lot more fun when playing Magic. Um, but honestly. I've been playing this, uh, the Marvel TCG, uh, Snap, a whole bunch. I didn't get into right. the beta. Okay. What the heck? All right, Caroline, you follow I me tried. on Twitter. I want to give you this the lowdown right now. Okay. So they launched it in the Philippines. So you make an Apple, Apple ID account with a Philippine. You download <laughs> it, and then you can play. I've been playing on my iPhone all day, and I, I, I also downloaded a wrong an emulator on my uh, PC. And you don't even need to be invited. You just get in. So okay, I, so we're just done. Play the rap. <laughs> yeah, all right, you. folks. We'll see you later. We're gonna go play the new Marvel Snap game, and uh, who knows? No, maybe no, a new no, podcast we, comes from that. Well, actually, Brasky, it's great. We're already fam. Yeah, friends and Marvel. Friends and Marvel. Friends. Snap. Now we'll just like, be fams. Friends. Yeah, friends yeah. and Marvel Snap. Yeah. Free. <laughs> It's gonna... all about being first to market, and I think we can jump right in on this, folks. This yeah. is thank you for the strategic planning podcast that we've just engaged with right there. Mm-hmm. How no. now? How has how has that Marvel snappage been? Because I'm only like I I'm an iOS and I can't do it, but now I know this Android like emulating thing that I can attempt on that one because it's made well, by a bunch of the old people who made Hearthstone. Yeah, so you could get it on iOS as well. You just have to make a new Apple account for the Philippines, um, oh. and you get in because they soft launched it there to see how it would work on iOS. And let me tell you, it works beautifully. Um, <laughs> as someone great. who has, an, <laughs> it's we're going to see an assist from Marvel and not be allowed to release this episode. <laughs> Yo, yo, keep it on the chill, everybody. <laughs> Friends don't nart. It's cool. Uh, it's cool. Yeah, we know. We know our listeners are cool. They wouldn't dare do this as we peer pe- as we peer pressure our listeners into not recording. Our I'll tell you the hardest part was, was finding an address in the Philippines. That oh, was we, the hardest. We got, we got the hookup with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the I game's have great. Nick's address. So I can just. Use oh that. yeah. that's what's gonna happen nick's gonna get a letter of just saying hey couldn't help but notice that oh i don't know seven people have just listed you like did you just get roommates all of a sudden or just buy seven phones (laughs) yeah (laughs) listeners do you want nick's address i'll just start reading it out that's only for our premium patreon subscribers (laughs) we will give you nick's address if you give us a certain amount of money a month (laughs) don't tell me (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> no, the, the game is uh super. It's super fun. I, I like it a lot. Um, the games like in the trailer, they were like games will last like three minutes or whatever, and I was like, yeah. okay, but like how long will they last if I try to min max things? And it's up honestly like four or five minutes is the most you can play a game because of the timer. So it's the games are really snappy, really fast, and they're really really fun. And the cards feel a lot like they are the the Marvel heroes. Like if you play Carnage, it like eats all the people and gets stronger because of it, you know. And then like Captain America buffs his homies, and the Hulk is just a big stat monster, and it's just really fun. It's just a it's a really fun game to play. I like yeah, it. I watched I... Ben Brode's video, and it was the first time I'd watch like a kind of fairly quick intro video and be like, wow, I actually understood how that works. And I could actually play at the end of this normally, like with, with all the other ones, right. With um, what, what came first, like the auto chess stuff, like whenever everyone was teaching me, it took forever to teach me through all of like, um, even Hearthstone Battlegrounds took a while, but this one I watched and I was like, Oh, I think I could actually figure this one out. It's not quite an auto battler, but it's, it felt, understandable and i signed up for the beta and i didn't get it now i'm sad i'm you just getting the right people that's just how it is yeah, yeah. well and, and well, playing a no and no ban list modern even if you're creating something that is entirely jank what what deck have you put together in a no ban list yeah. world What's and why tech base and no and, one and, i won't tell anyone <laughs> exactly and why is the best card in the deck cloud post <laughs> so I'll, all the uh, all the obvious stuff is boring. So I was like, what if I built the deck I won DreamHack with, but with no banlist modern? And so I just like, I'll build a Yorion just pile of like good stuff deck. And uh, it's like really bad. I can't beat anything, but Lord, do I have a good time playing it. So it's like Yorion, Arkham's Astrolabe, uh, Uro, Mystic Sanctuary. These are like the band cards. Love it. Love yeah. every part it's of fun. it. It's fun. That's yeah. what I like. Having fun yeah. with the game is what is what folks enjoy. I, which my like my interaction with the game so far was like I was playing limited. I was enjoying everything about limited, especially during the Kamigawa times. I have fallen completely out of playing New Capenna Limited just because like it was it was a lot of fun, and then it got figured out, and then I was like this is, this is not fun anymore. And I tried playing Seal. I I actually attempted one of the uh, last chance like qualifiers in Sealed and put that together. Opened up my sealed pool, got four lands, like four rare lands, and then two very, very bad cabaret cards. I said, this is not for me. I'm done. I thank you so much. I'm going to walk away from this. I still tried to make a blue-white deck. It was terrible. But uh, I've, I've basically had a good time jumping into other formats, trying out other things with the game as well. Rasky's learning modern. It's true, Ooh. indeed, which is why this this episode is so serendipitous. I did buy the all access token in uh, in Moto and have oh, been fun. messing around in there. And then uh, I also like I finally I have built a paper modern deck. And as as uh, as Caroline said, uh, I'm definitely going to be on the. I have the budget for one deck that I can always make tweaks to, and hopefully it just always has some kind of legs, even if it's Tron, not. Tron, Tron, Tron. No, that's going to be next. If I build another deck, it's going to be Tron, but it's simply just Reanimator. And I took a. I have an Esper Reanimator build, picked it up, took it to, and played my first paper event in a long, long time mm-hmm. in one of my LGSs, and I went four and one with Esper Reanimator. It was delightful. I lost a four color Omnath. I beat like I beat some I, I beat a Murktide deck, which was I, I was like, okay, I can that I can lose the rest of them. I beat a Murktide deck. I feel fine with that. I beat someone that tried to make a Kamigawa. Essentially what it was is they just made a Kamigawa Super Friends deck. I said, uh-huh. now this, now this is the LGS experience right here. And then and <laughs> this then, is pers- Padres. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. But it was actually it was actually a blast. That was my first paper event in a long, 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 long time pre-pandemic and everything else. Mason, just to give context, Brasky came to us via Hearthstone. True story. Oh, like, okay. We we met Brasky, played Hearthstone a lot, dabbled a little bit in Arena, and this is like the Brasky that first started this podcast was like, I only play Arena and I only play Limited. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Now there's there's like twelve commander decks that you can't see that are hidden back there. There's some modern decks. Yeah. I am a child of I am a child of paper magic in the pandemic because I started enjoying it right when Ikoria came out. And if anyone is keeping track of the timeline of when that set came out, uh, I didn't get a chance to play against other people all of that often because I maybe played a pre-release or two before that. And uh, I, you know, it's it's been an absolute blast. And I gotta say, really enjoying. I do. It's nice to finally see what an actual 
quote unquote eternal format is where you can play something you enjoy, even if you don't expect to win all the time with it, you can expect, you can still expect to be competitive with something. And that's something I've really enjoyed about the format. And speaking of things that you enjoy about the format, let's jump in because we want to talk a little bit more about modern with this. And I guess to, to start off with, uh, Mason, talk a little bit about uh, your recent accomplishment in the modern formats and why, uh, and how that experience went for you. Yeah. why? So what would you say you do here? Why are you here, here, Mason? <laughs> well, uh, it sounds like somebody was missing. Caroline's like, oh, gosh, I told Brasky I'd get somebody. Uh, this guy did something. And then <laughs> I asked and 12 I, people <laughs> and then I asked Mason. <laughs> yeah. Lucky number 13. Uh, so I played DreamHack Dallas, which uh, was like a big 10K tournament for modern and the winner and the second place, the runner-up, uh, got an invite to the regional championship at the end of the year in Atlanta. The first one, that's the thing that gets you to the Pro Tour. And uh, that's, I think, why I'm here. I like to think it's because Caroline and I were friends, even though social media would say maybe not as close as friends as I thought. But not uh, <laughs> <laughs> that does not seem like on me. A people were faster than me, but that doesn't feel I, like I, my fault. I like to point out that I rose above it and still told you how to download Marvel Snap. Um, and I think true. that makes me... Me and the tens of listeners. <laughs> yeah, dozens of people are going to get it illegally now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's why I'm here. And I love Modern. It's my favorite format to play. I play it casually just for fun all the time. And you know, I also play competitively. And uh, I, I just love the format. It's super fun. Yeah. And uh, the deck that you brought there, if I'm not mistaken, was, uh, was a, a Yorion Blink deck. I believe four color, if I'm not mistaken, on that. Uh, and I guess to, to just kind of like jump into the format a little bit as like a as a touchstone, just uh, talk about what what was it that you said? Ooh, four color blink was the thing to bring, and how did it play out? Would you make any tweaks, knowing like after the fact that you would like change something else there? Sure. Uh, so four color blink is just like a really good deck that has like game against everything and is strong, and I enjoy playing it. I've been playing it since November. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of things have moved in the metagame, but no matter what, Four Color continues to be at the top or near the top, and that's why I ended up playing it. Um, as it comes for changes and stuff, honestly, it matters so much on big trends and shifting things and, like, the kind of field you're playing that, you know, right now I'm playing a 4K in two days, and I'm not changing anything from Dallas. Uh, I think most of the stuff's going to be the same, but the cool thing about the deck with all the colors is you can do just about anything you want, you know, within reason, as long as the cards are good. And so, you know, you could do things like play a bunch more Endurance's main deck or Eladomri's calls or do all these sort of things. And uh, the deck changes up depending on that. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's fun to play to get to tweak those little things in the deck. And I enjoy a lot of value. If you're a value addicted gamer like myself, this is the deck for you. I like it. So. I like it. For, wait, what was that, Caroline? What was that? Pay to, pay to win is what pay, I said. Oh, oh, pay to win. It's oh, called, gotcha. It's sometimes called money pile. <laughs> yeah. You it could, is sometimes. And you I'm could just say, kidding. Obviously, Mason is very talented. I just really absolutely hate the deck so much. You could like, say that Four Color Blink is the is the mobile gaming version of modern. It's just, uh, it's all pay to win. It's basically the Candy like, Crush Mason is what it's called. Mason did come on here and I'm just like, <laughs> I hate Yeah. Hey, do you want to come on my podcast? Your deck sucks. <laughs> I got it. you. <laughs> we're not hey. i'm just kidding Mason and I are friends. yeah no 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 i know for sure you just follow me on twitter that's fine now uh yeah no but um yeah the deck it, it, it is just it is not like it's not like merfolk with yogmoth which is one of my favorite decks to play is yogmoth it's not like cool or iconic or thematic like i love playing goblins actually it's something i'll play in leagues all the time it's so oh, did much Nicole fun. Did Nicole pay you to say that? <laughs> no, I did not know that Nicole. I Nicole just play, loves I, Mason's Venmo just went off with like $50 has been sent to you by Nicole. If you look at motor results, I'm randomly in the Goblin deck dump with, with the last 5-0 where I just rip somebody who's working on it and I just like play Goblins. But uh, I love Goblins. Uh, you know, like, And those decks are cool. And the Money Pile deck is like tribal. You don't get to do what you wanted to do. And it makes it not very fun to play against. A lot of my opponents concede from just being bored. <laughs> so. I hate playing against Money Pile. Speaking as someone who, so. again, came into the game through Arena, and again, whose favorite deck was, I don't know, it maybe involved a Wilderness Reclamation and a card called Nexus of Fate, I like where this is going. I like every part of where this is going. This is also why I don't have any friends that follow me on Twitter. It was because I played decks like that because I'm what is known as degenerate on that side of things did you play warrior control in hearthstone too did you just do it all <laughs> i i was known to be a wallet warrior player speaking of pay to win 
yeah. the Control Warrior deck was called Wallet Warrior for that exact same reason, where it's like it had as many legendaries as he possibly could in there. I was a rogue, I was a rogue main, but I did have myself a good solid Control Warrior build back in the day on that side of things. Well, and from a four-color blink deck to uh, being a Goblins player as well, I guess the biggest question I want to know from a rules judge perspective, if your opponent plays as Miranda Marnica diced in a Coldicar and mispronounces it, do you call a judge? <laughs> Is that actually how you pronounce it? As Miranda Marnica diced in a Coldicar, correct. Okay, well, uh, I actually asked them to spell it um, because I don't know if they have I a teach. recording going. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if they can spell it within one letter of error, I'm dyslexic. I'm not going to hold anyone too accountable. You know, they do that. I don't call judge, but otherwise I do call a judge and uh, I will appeal. So no. exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll sit there. They just say, I, I cast Asmo. I'm like, judge, this is a Borborygmos enraged situation. No, right? this it's is literally not. <laughs> I'm trying to obfuscate the game state and I just cannot follow it. Can yeah. You? Excuse me. Excuse yeah. me, judge, judge. I can't. I don't. I don't know what they're trying to pull here. All they right. have a dryad arbor in their land section too. Like I just don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Someone's trying to swing something on me. Which brings me to the next spot. What's the best uh, angle shoot that you can do if you're playing modern against an opponent? <laughs> Brasky. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is this. The this, message I sent to Mason before this podcast was like, "Hey, we're pretty chill. We don't usually bring up." Like anything too topical. Knowing that you say we don't talk about anything topical or competitive, I'm like, I'm just going to steer this whole podcast off the road and go. I said we could. I just didn't think it'd be coming from Nebraska. <laughs> oh my goodness. Leave it to the most casual player like of this podcast to be like, no, give me the deets. I need to know. Yeah. I, you know, I find that is what happens with the casual players a lot. So it's funny, you know, life imitates art. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah, well, yeah. Speaking from a casual player's perspective, uh, I, I think one of the things now that like we're starting to see competitive magic is is slowly starting to come back. And as Caroline said, like we know the pro tours on the horizon, but there has been this kind of lull in between. But slowly but surely, we're seeing some more paper events coming back. We're seeing some of the more uh, the the eternal formats coming back as well. And so there are a lot of players that maybe were arena only or maybe commander players that have just now gotten into the the more competitive side of the game. And so if you were going to kind of give guidance to a player that was coming from digital to paper or just coming from casual to a little bit more competitive side of things, what would be your like introduction of the format to them or something that prepares them for what they're about to jump into? Yeah. So if you're like, if you're trying to jump into it and you're maybe trying to figure out like, let's say what deck, like just kind of like Brasky was like, I'm going to pick a deck and buy it. Right. I think you should just pick something that you're going to enjoy um and you need to know kind of like are you someone who's really competitive and if you're really competitive maybe get like a more competitive deck but if you're like trying to maximize having fun and then you'd like to also do well there are a lot of what i would say like are good decks in modern you know the great decks are like living in four color control that sort of thing but there are a ton of good decks like Yogmoth. um i've been told to say goblins here um things like that where you can you can buy something you know and play and have like a really good time and if De Death Shadow Tron. There's a bunch of things you can do that are like Valakut Scapeshift is really fun. Amulet Titan, if you like puzzles. There's a bunch of different decks you can buy and you can really master and learn. And it's much better to enjoy something and want to work on improving playing it and playing better technical magic than it is to like buy Wallet Warrior, you know, or like the four color control deck that's like the best deck, quote unquote. But if you don't enjoy it and you're not going to put time into it, you're trying to win, then, you know, there's just no point in doing that versus, you know, learning everything there is about Yawgmoth, for example. Uh, it's a different way to look at it. So that would be my advice is find something you love and go after that. And then, you know, if things change and evolve, just grow with it and you can do with that. So, you know, and don't be so worried about getting, you know, the best deck or whatever. Is it true that, like, if you did that and you became, you know, a specialist, like, Caroline loves her some Tron, as, as do I. I'm really enjoying Reanimator, but also both, like, from a budget restriction kind of side of things, but also just from a, if I'm jumping into a very large format and i don't consider myself like the the strongest technical player then it probably is it more beneficial to really learn that singular deck or do you really think someone should really just like ooh, what's the top of the meta and jump into there 
it's so unique right now like modern historically for a long time was kind of like slam threats and then like answers weren't very good and now answers have gotten good so a lot of the the better decks are decks that can interact a whole bunch more but you have to know how you're interacting you know you have to like with my deck i have a couple counter spells and a bunch of spot removal but you need to know what cards you can let live and what cards you can't and so for that i i really do suggest that people like do the things they're going to love and enjoy more and then the the growth of the format, and with time, they can learn and pick up those other decks that are maybe slightly better if they want to. But once again, you know, and I'm sure Caroline can vouch for this, just playing the deck you love and, like, engaging with it and playing tighter magic matters way more than having a deck that's, like, 2% better, you know? And so... And, and honestly, it's actually the reason in general, though currently we're on a bit of a break, but in general, I love modern <clears throat> more than most formats. Legacy does this, but to a bigger extreme with a much steeper learning curve So and wallet curve. So I've never really dabbled too much other than goblins in Legacy, but I think Modern has been that perfect combination of like, you can get rewarded for just being extremely good with X deck. Um, however, <laughs> you do have to go to those tournaments where you end up going O2 because Tron is just abysmal right now. Um, but you know, you can get rewarded by working through it and you can find the day where someone forgot to show up with, you know, their blood moons because they're focusing on a different deck and then suddenly your deck is good again. Affinity was very good for that kind of style. Like, you know, people would have all their artifact hate and then they'd have to like squeeze their sideboard for something else that was coming up and then boom, Affinity would be really good again. So I think modern rewards that and it also, you can consider all the time where you're playing with reanimator Brasky as like training for what else to do in the format. So the thing that Mason's saying is like, oh, like I have two counter spells and eight spot removals and there's certain cards that my spot removal doesn't hit. You'll learn that by playing against those decks even without the four color on that deck. Like you'll just be playing and be like, oh, wow, like that X creature is really hard to remove. I can't see anyone removing that in the format. So like that's what you'll naturally pick up the more that you play modern. And I think it's one of my the reasons it's my favorite um also i get to play tron but <laughs> sometimes yeah. um but yeah and and mason what i actually want to know is like do you find that that love or the thing i'm describing about modern do you think that that is missing for modern right now it's awkward so we're, we're kind of going through um you know i don't know I feel like everyone watched WandaVision and they learned about the ship of Theseus and they're all like, that's modern. And they'd never heard that in school before. And so I'm going to use it again, even though I swear no one ever mentioned it before WandaVision. So we had like the ship of Theseus, which is like a whole thing. If you don't know where it's like, you have this museum, you have this ship that was like Theseus ship and you put it in a museum. And over time, the wood falls off and you replace it. And eventually all the wood gets replaced. So is it still the ship of Theseus? And that's kind of what we're doing with modern. With the, with and, the two and to horizons. take it a step further, if you took all the old wood and built the ship back up, is that actually the first ship? Or is that just a new ship made out of the old wood? Yeah. So while you're having an existential crisis, pause, come back. All right, we're good. So, yeah, so that's kind of what's happening with modern. I have, to, I have to interject, like, some, like, elevator music in between there. Just no, being like, please some, enjoy. Like, sponsorship for, like, some sort of... Yeah, please enjoy your existential crisis. Sponsored by, and they stick that in there on top of it. Perfect. Yeah, seal milk. It's milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, so, like, that's kind of what's happening with modern. Is like, the MH2 and MH1 have really changed the format from what, you know, when I first met Caroline, I remember Caroline's first Tron tournament. I was there for it, you know? Uh, and uh, it was Baby's like... first Tron tournament? Huh? Baby's first Tron tournament? Baby's first Tron. And I remember you saying, wow, this Karn card's really good. <laughs> it is really good, yeah. Um, but it, it is so different. And I think it has lost some of that, but it's changed in other ways. So now there are things like Hammer and there are people who are Merktide players. And we're kind of just in the early stages of like, these new identities being formed. And like, you know, there are people like Doomwake who play Rhinos all the time. And we have people that play Asmiranda decks all the time now. And it just, it's different than it was before. And uh, unfortunately, some things are lost in the wayside. It got worse over time because of this. So it sucks, um, but it is kind of that way. But so we do a... see things like Jund, like Sol Maka only plays Jund and he got second at this event. And so it does still kind of pop up from time to time. So I guess follow-up question is, with like this acknowledgement that modern has gotten to a place that maybe was intended to be or not intended to be, that's kind of hard to tell. 
do you do you ever worry that you tell someone like hey go build the best deck which i know you didn't actually say but let's say you did and they show up and they build splinter twin or like let's go further back they build birthing pod it gets banned then they build splinter twin it gets banned do you think that that's coming down the the road for modern some sort of aggressive ban um like taking out simply as low as yorian or going even more intense like is that coming i believe personally in my heart of hearts that the card renin six is the biggest problem in modern right now i I think renin renin yeah renin six makes all the mana work perfectly for all the four color decks you don't have to worry about anything like a fetch land and like any land that produces red or green and now assuming your renin six resolves you have at least a third land drop and you know in theory, all your colors. Like a lot of times it's easier to build four color decks if they're touching red or green because of Ren and Six and all the fetch lands and stuff. So I, I think that probably Yorion and Ren and Six go uh, eventually and maybe even Omnath um, with time. But I, I definitely think Ren and Six and Yorion are doing that. And Ren and Six also uh, stops so many aggressive decks with the minus one where it can ping something. So I think that that card really has like the biggest mark on its back, but it's in the double master set. So I think that it won't be getting banned for a while. Um, it's a, but I do, set that's coming out? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's in the Double Masters reprint set. It has like uh, four variants. So I think I have like six months left with her, and then she's going to be taken from me. And so I'm going to ride or die with her for six months. But What uh, are your thoughts on Violent Outburst? Uh, that's the Cascade one, right? That's <laughs> the instant one, yeah. Yeah, that, that card... Uh, I don't really hate the Cascade decks, but they're not my favorite thing to play against. I think as long as they aren't, like, too, too good in Modern, it's fine. And Living It, I think, is pretty close to that. And it's frustrating to play a lot of hate cards for it. But as long as four colors are out, yeah, I like, really mind. Yeah, like, less than a year ago, Living In was really just a pet deck. Like, Tier 2, Tier 3, like, even. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the Living In players are mad that I'm saying that. But it, it is true. Like, it was really not a deck you had to worry about and then um obviously things have changed a little bit but yeah i'm trying to picture like like... oh sorry oh go ahead i was just gonna say it goes to my point of like it you know if you play the deck you love and like things rotate or whatever you know you might end up in a spot where your deck's actually good for a while too like we've seen that happen with various decks with a printing you know where like infect gets a new card and then it's really good for a while we're devoted druid combo or anything along those lines so um, yeah. And and I think some of those decks, so some of the decks you named as like good pet decks um, are definitely more recommended because I think they have win like fast moments. So Tron, Infect, you know, Hammer, because Hammer's kind of on the outs right now too. Those decks seem good because you still will collect some wins. But honestly, one of the hardest, one of the strongest people are the people that play Jund for life. Because when that deck is bad, it's really bad. <laughs> and when it's when it's good it's really good but like you know you're not getting any surprise wins off john <laughs> and uh and and john's seems seems to be doing okay for itself but there was yeah, I, a good be, decent amount of time where it was not going well i i don't picture a lot of situations where someone is sitting there being like oh hey how'd your match go oh well you know i sat down and this john player came out of freaking nowhere <laughs> it's like no no i think we all know what would happen with john on that side of things yeah. I I think as well. Turns later. Yeah, forty eight turns later, it's like <laughs> yeah. KCI gets unbanned. Matt Nass smiles, and we're just sitting. I from that as well. I think three three things that I've noticed about like that would be I guess quote unquote complaints about the format or or areas of concern. I guess would what it would be would be um one uh, the the amount of just kind of mh2 auto includes that just go into so many decks things like ragavans and solitudes and griefs and so forth and so forth the other is that it's it's because of that and it's either because of that or it's just another aspect of the format is that it really has become a a silver bullet format is that if all of a sudden in sideboards more often than not there are sideboard pieces out there that just can shut down a deck in two seconds if it wants to and three would be just the fact that Companion should not exist. Yes, we got rid of Loris, but now Yorion is a thing. And even if you got rid of Yorion, there's some people who say that Giganta is just going to be a thing just because they're going to find a way to get that value of having an extra card there. Uh, of those kind of, of the things that you would say would be like maybe the the, the risks to the health of the format. Uh, what do you think is is the biggest risk? And also, like, are they, are they really, is, is the format 
really have that much risk at all? Is it still just a lot of fun or is there like some tangible solutions that you would hope to see from it? A lot of good questions, a lot to cover there. So I guess I'll start with the silver bullet thing. Um, I do think that is part of the problem with the Blink deck and why it's so oppressive is that cards like Blood Moon and Magus of the Moon, which you would think are the things to stop me, don't actually stop me, which is a uh, a frustrating spot for a lot of players and it makes it really hard to Unstoppable, you would say? Yes, I, it can't be stopped. I, I recently think I almost lost the game because I killed a Blood Moon, uh, which is probably a, uh, you know, a once in a blue moon. But a uh, situation. But Once I do think modern... Blood Moon. Hey. No, but I, I think modern uh, has always been a format about silver bullet cyborg cards. And I think some of the cyborg cards are just so much stronger that it like really emphasizes that. But things like Stony Silence Against Affinity from back in you know 2014, that's been part of it. So while I'm sympathetic to the frustration of a card like Force of Vigor, for example, um, or maybe something like, you know, Flusterstorm entering the format. Uh, being really oppressive or like you could argue to fairy three is like a main deckable cyborg card for a lot of decks right well i'm sympathetic to that's frustrating i think modern's always been like that so i do kind of think it's just like times are changing we just have new coats to it um as for the companion i do think companion uh was clearly a mistake um whether or not things like giganta and kahira and karuga and lutri would warp formats they were definitely kind of just lame or whatever. And I, I either want more companions or no companions. I, I'm not really happy with the situation we have right now. So, and I lean towards no. So I don't love those um, as that sort of thing. But then I think your first, I'm sorry, your first question was what again in modern? Uh, it was oh, just yeah. that kind of, the kind of specifics that now there are just so many auto includes and specifically auto includes that just bounce straight from MH2. That oh. well. like you always like all of a sudden yeah oh now this deck that i've played the entire time now needs four ragavan in it yeah prismatic i ending. Pris- yeah prismatic ending and and some of this too is like you know monkey paw curled i i remember for years people wanted just like some way to interact better and to be stronger and watsy finally gave it to us you know with cards like force negation force of vigor prismatic ending and holy heat we have a lot of really good answers now and it makes it really hard for some, like some decks just don't live. that used to live in modern because we didn't have good answers for them and we didn't have efficient good answers. I should probably say. Um, and I do think it's a frustrating that the MH one and two sets have so much power and they've used the format so much. Um, I do wonder if at some point we'll get modern without supplementary sets, or if that's the thing that players will clamor for, but I do think right now a lot of people love modern. Um, it's like clear when I watch people like Spike Stream that people love modern. And while they do complain about things like the Money Pile deck or Living End or Merc Tide, um, they still have a lot of fun and there's still a lot of cool and exciting things going on. And I think as long as that stays around, it's fine. But uh, I am wary about like what does MH3 look like? And like, how how far in development is MH3 right now? Like, is it in the early stages or is it in the late stages, you know? And then we have things like the Lord of the Rings set, which are going to affect modern. They're coming out next year. So um, I I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what kind of happens. But uh, I don't love that modern essentially rotates now, the modern Horizon sets. But so far, it has not pushed me off the format, if that makes sense. I think it's been fun enough that it outweighs the bad. And I'm no. kind of hoping they course correct going forward. You know, people people often when they voice concerns, it's because they care. And if that's the mm-hmm. situation, that means we're at least in a decent spot because people didn't care about modern, then modern really wouldn't be a thing anymore. Uh, you know, something that we talk about, Mason, uh, between Caroline and Nicole and I, and something that we always kind of focus on is ways in which ways in which our, our interaction with the game is at its best. And sometimes that is going to an event and hanging out with friends and and the deck I you the deck I play be damned. Or if it is, you know, going to some mid-level tournaments and just enjoying uh scratching that competitive itch. And so, you know, you mentioned that like right now you're playing a no baneless modern format and things of that nature. But I guess that kind of comes back to one thing that we always talk about is when is your relationship with the game at its best? Personally, I I mean I do a lot of magic stuff. I, I do a weekly podcast, I write weekly articles, I stream, I, I play tournaments just about every week from local things like, you know, little one case, whatever to these dream hack Dallas things. And I think that's at my best. I really enjoy it. Um, and I, it's fun. I typically take a summer off of magic stuff where like, there's like a little period between the like core set and the big set 
Um, but for the most of the time, I love to just be going hard and going it, and I find it super fun. I love talking about it. I love engaging with it. So my my favorite way to play magic, or my favorite way to engage with magic, is just kind of like going about doing the things I love and, and trying to improve and get better at stuff, and you know, just playing a bunch. That's that's my favorite way. So love it, love it, and I think that's the that's the, the you know we I'm looking at like the clock of what we've been talking about right now, and we've already hit forty minutes. I'm like, dang. That's a pretty good podcast. We could keep talking for I could keep talking with Mason for like minutes and hours and everything else, but I know that we 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 always try to like wrap up around this amount of time. Kelly, do you have any other like questions or things or things that you would love to pick Mason's brain about? Now knowing as well that if this pod if you don't ask it now, you can always ask him in DMs on Twitter now that he actually follows you and you follow each other. Oh, you know, my DMs are cool. well, I, I always okay. follow Caroline. It was pretty quick on the the two <laughs> list for me. Um she's a good close friend, even though you know COVID's been hard. But you know, it's fine. Like every, it's whatever. You know, it's okay. Yeah, like I won't cry for too long tonight. <laughs> I'm not mad, but whatever. <laughs> just FYI, Mason. Two years ago you sent me messages says I want to send you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, oh, you know what? Well, like, hey, I gotta get going, Brasky. Uh, wow. What, 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 and I was holding I it. Gotta, in. I gotta go. I'll talk to you later. During this, during this moment, this is when Mason has gotten up out of his chair and walked away. I'm now, in, I'm now annotating this for all of the listeners. So hey, know visually, what is happening? Hey, what was that? I'm, oh, Mason, you're back. Great to hey, see you. No, what, okay. What's going on? Now, hey. This is what we call off the rails. All right. You were well, saying, Caroline? I got my mail while I was gone. Look at these Allosaurus shepherds for legacy. Do y'all want to talk about legacy? <laughs> You're going to send okay. those Caroline's way if she stops talking this exact minute. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. I, I think the shirt's over here, honestly. I no, no, it's fine. Here. I don't even want it anymore. No. <laughs> I don't even like you anymore. What, what, what happened here, Caroline? What happened what? here? Here, Caroline? I have a present for you. <laughs> I have so a I'll give it to Sam. The, this I forgot. Yeah. And then he just did it. I sent you a present. I, I know you, you did. I know. You I know. Sucks. I'm really bad at for, for our listeners, Mason, give this a breakdown of what is on this shirt. <laughs> That's me. I'm on the shirt. Mason on the shirt. It's my Everyone face. brags about having a Mason shirt. I'm over here for two years well, being like, wow. Well, you know what? I've recently come into some money. And so I'm going to get this express ship to you. <laughs> No, no, no. Actually, I, I actually had a real question. I didn't know we were taking this dark <laughs> friendship turn. I didn't either until I took. We took a get. We took a trip, and it was a guilt trip. That's what that was real, right there. I had a real question. I swear. I've got, I've got. Come on, my podcast. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Finally, get to confront me. This is actually an intervention. This was. This whole thing was set up just so you could get a damn shirt, Caroline. This whole episode. Yeah. Mason didn't actually win DreamHack. This is all a lie. Hey, look, I got my fourth Allosaurus Shepherd while we were waiting. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, real question. Yeah, 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 hit me. Without going too far into it, out of curiosity, yeah. what was it like? I assume this is potentially not your first paper magic, but what was your what was the experience like playing at a you know old fashioned uh, paper magic event at DreamHack? Um, it was really fun. Um, it was exciting. It was, you know, I, I love playing It's Magic and getting to know people and having those little interactions and making new friends, you know, and I definitely gained some friends there, you know, and saw, uh, like solidified a bunch of other friendships, which was cool for people I've met slightly They followed in the past. you back on Twitter? They did. Yeah, they did. Nice. They did. Actually, one of the people I drew in the top eight with said, oh, I follow you on Twitter. And I brought up the Twitter deletion. I got them to follow me. And so I got, you know, a follow and a top eight. It was pretty impressive. Uh, anyways, but no, um, it, it's really fun, and it was really cool to get to win one of those big tournaments, you know, and it was cool to get to play with, like, the headset, and even though the setup wasn't super great, it, it was kind of a fun experience, whatever, to have that and have, like, Cedric commentating my finals, which is, like, a, a cool little thing, and so it, it was it was a good time, and it was fun, and, uh, you know, I hope to do it again. Cool. And do you have plans of going to more paper events? I... I'm playing a local 4K for Modern on Saturday. And then I don't think I have any more events until the NRGs come around because I can't play in them because I have an invite already. So m most big things near me are doubling up as like, this is a 5K and a PTQ. And it's like, cool, I can't play in that now because I already have an invite. So, mm. you know, the wow. monkey paw curled with my win. So this yeah, is when... It's so early. Yeah, yeah, this is when we find out. Yeah, that's when you start just making those back alley magic tournaments, mm -hmm. you know. 
No invites, only no, glory. Just, just be Mason E. Clark. Just go. Yeah. Yes. I, I joke that Jason Mark is going to be tearing up the Tennessee Magic scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, just wear like Rhea. Wear like Clark Kent glasses and have curly mustache, and you sit down there and be like, "Who? Just don't drink an iced coffee and don't take a selfie, and no one will know it's you." Exactly. Yeah, I'll just sad tweet from home. I'll just be like, "Gosh, I lost another Valorant game." Yeah, do you know? do have a Twitter bot set up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Time tweets or whatever. But only talk like yeah. like a ye old like uh, film villain, being like, "Who is this? Who is this Mason you talk about? I've never heard of this fellow." <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's handsome though. Excuse yeah. me, Yorion. Yeah. Never heard of it. No, never play the stuff. Gosh. Okay, what about this, Mason? I got it. Right, Contact you. Wizards and say, "Hey, let me play in these PTQs, but I'm only allowed to play goblins." <laughs> yeah. they, sh- they should let me do it. You know? Yeah. It sounds- yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to donate money to the cause. Actually, I'll just say yes. It's fine. You can do it. Sweet. Awesome. Anyone yeah, asked me, Caroline said it's okay. <laughs> Done. I'm just assuming that Caroline has that authority, and I'm not going to question it. Yeah, she wouldn't say so otherwise. Yeah, no. never. Exactly. Yeah. There's no lie about that. And there's no lie that we've reached the end of this episode. But of course, as we end these episodes, we always like to know where are our co-hosts and even our guests going to be in the world of magic? Where can people find them? Wherever it is that they do what they do. And Mason, as our guest... Where can folks find you and the awesome things that you do around magic or otherwise on the internet? So you can find me on Twitter at Mason E. Clark underscore. Uh, I, I recently added the underscore. It was a fashion look. Um, no reason. Uh, you can find me each and every week on Card Kingdom writing for them. I typically write about the popular paper format. So like Pioneer, Modern, Standard. Get it? It's a joke. No one plays Standard. Uh, and then I, well, do you play it in paper? No, obviously not. not. Yeah, I said paper formats. That that was the yoke. Um, and then you can find me each uh, week streaming to twitch.tv slash the Mason Clark. Uh, often pretty chill, just playing modern. We play like a lot of the goblins and Yawgmoth and stuff on stream. We don't play four color. Boo, boring. So. Don't that's you have me. a podcast? Oh, yeah. And you can find me on Constructive Criticism each and every week, which is a podcast focused about helping people take that step from local stuff to like, you know, NRGs, PQ, uh, RCQs, sorry, PTQs, um, and that sort of thing. So you want to check that out. And all of that information, everything I mentioned, can be found on my Twitter bio. I can't believe I didn't put two and two together on this, like literally, because I have. I ha- It's like it's on my it's, – it's like I don't listen to podcasts as, as often as I should. But now that you've said constructed, cri- constructed criticism, I now go – that tone of voice, I was like, oh – Mason? This Mason. I was Wait. like sitting there being like, yes, I know Mason Clark. How do I know this person? How do I listen to this person? Then you mentioned the words constructive criticism, and my brain just triggered having heard you say that phrase over and over again. Here we are. Can I tell like a like a 10-second version of Mason's journey on constructive criticism, of which yeah. I know about it? Oh, yeah, sure. So, and it's probably wrong, to be clear. But this I'll, is what I'll, I know I'll, about I'll, Mason. Right. Mason was a listener of constructive criticism and then contacted the host and said, hey, I could do the editing for you. <laughs> and did until eventually making the long story very short, took over as as host. But I really enjoyed that. That's when I got to know Mason. He was doing editing for that and another podcast that I was a guest on, Proven Combatants. And um, it was really cute to see this little story. I'm like, this kid's like, hey, I can do this cool thing for you. It's like, just kidding. I'm taking over the world. <laughs> One podcast at a time. I love sure. it. I love Jerry it. brought me on Arena Decklist this week. Goodbye, <gasps> Gottlieb. You know, just a couple oh, days now. It begins. <laughs> it begins moving on. To it's only a matter of time better. before Mason is on every single magic podcast Wait, that, that exists. We had Mason on our podcast. Uh oh. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. What I don't we, think we qualify as bigger. What do we? Yeah, let me. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, go listen to the Constructed Criticism podcast. But I'm pretty sure the listeners that listen to Constructed Criticism and fam, <laughs> yeah. if there is an intersection, it is just a circle, right? Can you that actually diagram, shout out our that diagram is pretty basic, yeah. okay? Can yeah. You actually go into your podcast and say, hey, I was on this <laughs> other really cool <laughs> I never got on pro points though. That you know, that was a well, it was a short, a short-lived one. Yeah, I, I also didn't done. get on pro points. I've I've done my full fair share of podcasts, but I've not been um, on Jerry's podcast. 
it, it's rare to get the Jerry uh, get on there. I actually just reached out to Jerry because I was listening to Arena Declos. He was like, yeah, probably not doing an episode next week. I don't have a co-host. And I was like, I'll come on if you want. And he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> did, so, did you say if I win the tournament, can I come on? Because I have literally done that before. <laughs> uh, no, I, I did not. I did it after I won. No, so I, I did it up. to a good luck high five. I asked, oh, them, <laughs> I asked them while live on Twitch, which is also recommended. I said, if I win the season of the VML, can I come on your podcast? Nice. <laughs> Great. Love it. Awesome. Oh, um, well, speaking of ways to actually finish out this podcast on that. Caroline, where can people find you and the apparently several other podcasts that you're also appearing on all the time while I just sit here and be the casual about all this kind of stuff? Literally, that's your role. If yeah, you were true. to have like intro screens, you're just say the casual. Touche. <laughs> um, okay, so first of all, you can find me playing Paper Magic this weekend uh, at a random store here in Denver. I'm going to a Pioneer 1K. Literally have no idea what's going on in Pioneer. And then to make it even more fun, they're like, just kidding. Now nobody has anything, any idea what's going on in Pioneer. But I found this really cool article on the internet that's like three decks that you could play post um, bannings. I don't know who wrote it, but I'll just let you know that it's on carkingdom.com slash Mason E. Clark. That's not real. Don't go there. <laughs> but if you go to Car Kingdom, you will find that article. You that is true. <laughs> that also showed up in my inbox as well. Yeah, he, he, I actually legitimately read that today. I was like, ooh, I need to know help. Um, and you can find me on the internet. You can find me at Twitter, at Mighty Linguini. Uh, I do not have an underscore, but I'm kind of considering it now. You can find me on Instagram, and I legitimately love Instagram more than anything else right now. So please find me on Instagram, at The Mighty Linguini. And occasionally you can find me on twitch.tv slash The Mighty Linguini. And I'm heading back to Canada this Sunday for a couple months. So the odds of finding me on twitch.tv slash the mighty linguini is actually a lot higher when I'm in Canada. So um, please do that. Indeed. On And of course, folks can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Brasky1142, either engaging with the game of magic or engaging with playing with friends in magic or otherwise in all over other places around the internet. We thank y'all for listening to us. And of course, if you want to leave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on, we certainly appreciate that. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at fam underscore podcast because we had the underscore before it was cool. And it, of course, we yeah. appreciate all of you <laughs> listening to us and we will certainly be back with another episode soon. But until then, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Mason, just say something, Mason. Mason, yeah, don't, uh, don't yeah, I, Mason, I waved, it, yeah, yeah, but I waved. This, this is an audio-only podcast, Mason. But, but, but you told me to, you told me to wave. That's true. Yeah. We actually do a lot of visual bits in our yeah, audio-only podcast. Yeah. You held up a sign that said wave, and I, I, this is, I just feel like I got set up. That's all. It's true. Well, I appreciate you were on top of your game as much as you are on top of your modern game. You were on top of the wave game. Uh, but now we actually have to end the podcast. So, so at this point, we we're now going to say people where Nicole is. <laughs> nope. You know what? We I'm just gonna say this. If people listen this far into the episode, like I've already played the end music at this point, <laughs> there are hints about Nicole's location and whereabouts hidden throughout this entire podcast. Find those bits, and then we will send you a very special Magic the Gathering gift. And done. <laughs>